What would your life look like if you felt confident in your body and in your health habits? We believe that confidence is possible for all people. This is the Free Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Dylan Murphy, registered dietitian and owner of Free Method Nutrition. We are dedicated to empowering women to make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. Come hang with us each week as we have conversations that will inspire you to live a life of freedom. Let's dive into today's show. Welcome back to another episode of Free Method Podcast. Today, I am joined by Dr. Charlotte Markey, who is a world-leading expert in body image research. She studied all things body image, eating behavior, weight management for her really entire adult life. And so I'm really excited to have you on the show today and yeah, just dive into all things body image and, and talk about body image specifically in adolescence as well. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So kind of to start, I would love to hear just a little more about you, who you are, um, and even kind of what got you into the body image like field too. Yeah. So I was um, a dancer growing up. Mm-hmm. So I studied ballet pretty seriously, um, really until adolescence, I guess, or kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. And so there was a lot of just focus on, you know, bodies and weight. And mm-hmm. um, that was a incredibly toxic scene in the 1980s. I think it's Mm. gotten a little bit better, but it's still not necessarily great. So um, I think, you know, that just alerted me to the kinds of attention and concerns people have about their bodies and weight at a very, very young age. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think most girls grow up pretty aware of this anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, fast forward a number of years, I started um, college and really was enjoying my psychology classes and ended up doing some research looking at um, attitudes about eating and things that influence those attitudes when I was an undergraduate. And so Mm -hmm. um, that ended up prompting me to pursue a PhD in psychology. And um, then I started at Rutgers University in 2008. One two thousand and two, mm-hmm. um, and I've been a professor of psychology and health sciences there ever since. And I've been doing research on body image and eating behaviors, you know, ever since I was like twenty. Now I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in recent years, I've been really trying to translate that research for mm-hmm. more popular audiences. That I yeah. think um, there is some disconnect between a lot of what people see in in the media and the advertisements Mm -hmm. around us and what the science actually suggests. So Mm, yeah, my mission. Gosh, I love that. And I'm curious, like what, I feel like there's probably maybe at this point, nothing that's like shocking to you, but even just in like the research that you've done, continue to do, like, what are some of the things that have stood out the most to you in terms of, yeah, just like body image research? Um, I think that, you know, the complexity and the nuance kind of keeps me pretty fascinated Mm -hmm. that 
you know, it was only about 10 years ago that researchers really started thinking about positive body image and how could we really support positive body image because so much of this work had focused historically on eating disorders and body dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, sort of reconceptualizing mm-hmm. um, the field a bit and, and thinking yeah. more about, well, how do we actually support people's positive body image has been a really mm-hmm. um, important sort of shift. And also a greater focus on on boys and men has been a really important mm-hmm. shift in the last decade or so. Yeah, totally. That I think that's what initially um, kind of stood out to me when I discovered you and um your work is the the book that you have on like body image for boys i have a um almost 14 month old son and so i feel like now i'm leaning more towards like okay what resources are there out there for like boys and there really isn't a lot around like body image for boys it seems to be like oh this is something girls struggle with and sure maybe like the majority um but there still are so many men that struggle and and boys with um you know body image eating disorders that sort of thing um so yeah i would love to hear i know you have let's see you have two books on body image for like one body image for girls and then one um body image for boys is that right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i have some more academic books I worked on previously. Mm-hmm. And then um, the body image book for life is supposed to come out in 2024. Yeah. Oh, um, awesome. will be for really, really all adults, but kind of mm-hmm. late teens, young adults is the focus. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, even in talking about, cause I'm, I'm sure we have um, people listening who are parents themselves, whether their kids are, you know, like one years old, like mine or 14 years old or however old they may be. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people probably resonate with like, okay, how do I make a good example for my kids? Um, I know it's something that even people in my family have been asking me or friends of mine of like, okay, I know you work in the like eating disorder body image space. Like what are some tips to like help instill positive body image in our kids? And so I would love to hear from you and and your expertise, like what are some ways that we can instill this like positive body image in our kids? I think the first thing to do is to really think about how to work on ourselves as mm-hmm. parents or adults who are role models in whatever capacity, because if we're always saying things um, like, oh, I'm so bad that I ate that, or I mm-hmm. start diet on Monday, or I look fat in this, or, you know, I mean, these, these are things that I know I certainly grew up hearing and just felt very normal. And unfortunately, that kind of dialogue teaches kids that they should be concerned about their bodies and weight, mm-hmm. their appearance is really important. Um, it really suggests that being dissatisfied and unhappy with yourself is mm-hmm. sort of the norm. And that's mm-hmm. not the life we want for our kids. So we really want to set a better example. And that can mm-hmm. involve doing some body image work ourselves. Um, and that can be tough because parenting is hard enough. Yeah, totally. um, but I think it's also really important. And even if you are thinking those things, I'd be lying if I said I didn't still sometimes think some of those things. Um, It's really important to stop yourself and not say them, to not Mm -hmm. pass on that kind Mm -hmm. of language and Mm -hmm. self-perception to our kids. 
Um, so that's one of the first things is just to work on your own body image and to, to really try to be a good model. Um, Mm -hmm. I think also it's important with our kids to make sure that they grow up appreciating that their bodies do so many wonderful things for them every Mm -hmm. day, that Mm -hmm. they're functional. It's not just Mm -hmm. about how they look that, um, you know, we don't value them just for their appearance. Mm-hmm. That we value them for a whole bunch of other things. Um, so when we see our kids, I think all parents, you know, look at our own children and think, oh my God, you're gorgeous. You're beautiful. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. And because it's so visual, it's hard not to comment on that. And mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting that we should never tell our kids that they're, you know, good looking, but we mm-hmm. also just want to be cognizant of of offering positive feedback in other areas of their life. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you led with like doing work yourself to see like, okay, where am I at in my own body image journey? Because I know with the clients that I've seen and my team has worked with over the years, I mean, probably almost all of our clients have some sort of story related to their parents making comments about their own body, making parents comments about the kid's body, comments about food, diets, all of these things. It's just so common. And a lot of times we talk to our clients about this. It's like your parents probably didn't, they didn't, they weren't like ill intention. They weren't like, how can I impact my kids in a negative way? A lot of times it's probably generational where that's how their mom was and their mom. And it's been the cycle that's been occurring. Um, and so, yeah, I think as like the parent or the role, role model doing that own work yourself. And yeah, I love what you said too, about like finding ways to, you know, recognize and love your child without it always being something about like their appearance. Um, because I think sometimes what people hear, whether they're kids or adults is like, okay, so people love me when I look like this, but if my body changes, are they still going to love me? Um, and we never know what we're complimenting. Like, sure. If they're our own kid, we might be able to know a little bit more, but complimenting someone you could be complimenting like disordered eating behaviors or an eating disorder or a chronic illness or, you know, who knows what. Um, so yeah, I love that you said all that. I think all of us have some Mm -hmm. sort of body image baggage Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm sure it varies the extent to Mm -hmm. which some of us have our own concerns and issues, um, for both men and women, Mm-hmm. Um, and we just want something better for the next generation. And I think for sure. part of sort of coming, um, you know, becoming thoughtful and coming to terms with our own experience mm-hmm. is then, okay, well, let's do this better. Let's make mm-hmm. this better for the next generation. Mm-hmm. Yes, I totally agree. Um, what about for someone listening who maybe their kid or someone they're close with, um, or maybe they work and maybe they're a teacher and they're like my students. Um, maybe they're starting to notice them making certain like negative comments about their body or maybe like altering their food choices a little bit, like maybe in some way, shape or form, they're starting to notice some changes in the child's behavior. Um, aside from what you mentioned about kind of like assessing like their own body image, journey and that sort of thing. What are some helpful things that people can do when they do start to notice those changes? Because I think what can be easy is for people to be like, oh, well, you look great. You're like, it's easy to kind of like shower compliments to try and like discount, like, 
no, you're fine. Like your body looks great. And I mean, we know that doesn't really help. (laughs) Um, So yeah, what are some things that for people listening who may kind of be in a situation like that, that could be helpful? Right. I think this happens often and it can happen a lot younger than parents are expecting. So I've certainly had friends and family members and people I know in my professional life come to me and say like, my eight-year-old just came home Mm -hmm. saying, I feel really fat. Mm, What do I do? Like, why is this hurting already? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the first thing you want to do in this situation is, you know, sort of manage your own response to that. So um, you don't want to kind of freak out. Yeah. And, and then create anxiety, you know, for mm-hmm. your child. Um, you want to try to approach it with as much calm as you can muster and curiosity and say, mm-hmm. well, why are you saying that? Mm-hmm. You know, did something happen at school? Did someone say something? Um, really try to get them talking and see if you can figure out what's sort of going on in their heads. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it is someone just said something Mm -hmm. and it might be something you can address and kind of help them just move past relatively Mm -hmm. easily. So you don't want to blow it out of proportion. If it really was, you know, a kid saying something that maybe they even meant as a compliment and Mm -hmm. the child misconstrued or, you know, a a child that, you know, maybe is having some of their own concerns Mm -hmm. at home or something, and then is just externalizing, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there, there, there are a lot of reasons why kids say things to each other that are not meaningful Mm -hmm. (laughs) and our our kids can't always see that. And so we Mm want to really try to just ask them questions, try to stay calm, Mm -hmm. um, not just jump, as you said, into, (laughs) oh, you're beautiful. You're perfect. You're fine. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I think it's fine to offer some of that positive feedback, Mm -hmm. but also to get at the deeper issue, um, which is, is your kid worried about something else? Is this about Mm -hmm. a relationship at school? Maybe is this about feeling left out? Is Mm -hmm. this about a kid feeling not athletic enough, maybe not making a team or, Mm -hmm. you know, are there other issues that you want to address? And, Mm -hmm. and then if it's, you know, a kid didn't get picked to play on a team or something, you know, that's a good time to remind kids that, well, we're not all good at whatever sport. Mm-hmm. We're not all good at that. Like you have your own talents. Um, I totally. know it's important now to be athletic. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is, you know, I mean, you can mm-hmm. work on sort of the, the real issues. Sometimes they're not always these comments and these concerns mm-hmm. on the surface. They may seem to be, um, sort of body image concerns that almost trigger us as adults, but they're mm-hmm. not necessarily, um, you know, really body image issues. Now, of yeah. course, they do seem like they are mm-hmm. um, body image issues and depending in part on the age of the kid and what kind of behaviors um, they're engaging in, it might make sense to call in professional help because mm-hmm. um, I think as parents, we don't like to admit when there's something wrong with our kid and we mm-hmm. can't fix it. Yeah. It feels like a failure. And I Mm. get that, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's much better to call in a professional for, you know, a few sessions even that Mm -hmm. can serve as a sort of intervention um, before a problem becomes serious. Mm -hmm. Um, Because as you know, when disordered eating becomes a clinical problem, Mm -hmm. um, we can be talking about really a life-threatening problem. 
Totally. So if we can avoid that, um, mm-hmm. that's really, really optimal. So, yeah. Yeah. And you'd rather err on the side of caution of like, okay, we only need to like have a few sessions and then, you know, we're good to go. But I feel like you'd rather do that than let things continue and it get to a point where then it's, yeah, much worse than maybe it could have been. And I think too, we send a really important message to kids when we do this is Mm -hmm. we we tell them it's okay to get help that people need and that, um, going after help, whether it be, you know, some sort of mental health or physical health or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is that that's acceptable. It's reasonable. Mm -hmm. That's what people should do that. Most of us will need help at some point. So it's, it's a good lesson for kids to learn at a young age. Yeah. Helps to kind of break the stigma of like, it's okay to need help. It's okay to ask for help. Um, and probably helps as the parent to like model to the kid of like, I don't know all the answers, like, but there are experts who do know the answers to these things or can help you with these things. So let's utilize these experts that we do have. And just like anything else, I mean, as parents, we, we want to kind of be everything to our children, but we really can't be. I mean, there's a reason why parents don't usually teach their kids how to swim. It doesn't Mm -hmm. go well, right? It's better to pull in someone else Mm -hmm. with a little bit of expertise Mm -hmm. who, you know, because kids get anxious and afraid in that context. Mm -hmm. And so having Mm -hmm. an outsider help can be really beneficial, Mm -hmm. right? So I know how to swim, but I didn't teach my kids how to swim. Yes. To do that because Mm -hmm. then they could try to mitigate some of that anxiety. They knew special techniques. They had that expertise. And it just went much better, right? Mm. So it's sort of analogous, even when we're talking yes. about still healthcare. Pulling yes. somebody else, you can't really do it as well as a parent. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I think that's such a good example too with the swimming because you're so right. It's like, okay, I know how to do this skill, but I'm not like an expert in this area. So I'm not going to be the one to teach you because I might do more harm than good. So I'd rather enlist an expert who can do this and then yeah maybe we reach that destination quicker than if we tried to do it on our own 100 yeah i'm curious what you see and what you've seen kind of in research the impact that kind of like bullying or like self-esteem or that sort of thing can have on kids body images too yeah so it's really unfortunate because oftentimes teasing and comments that are made um, to young kids really stay with them and yeah. have really lasting damage. And mm-hmm. family members are actually the most likely perpetrators, mm-hmm. uh, parents yeah. and siblings. And what's extra unfortunate is that very often these are not ill-intended comments necessarily, yeah. um, but they can really lead over time to mm-hmm. um, damaging effects on self-esteem and body image. And so we really want to be careful in terms of what we say. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Cause you're so right. Like sometimes the, the comments may not be ill intention, but it's not a great thing to say. Um, and sometimes it may be ill intention, but yeah, you're, you're so right too. I mean, I think about people who have sat in my office, remembering things someone said about them when they were eight years old, 10 years old. And you know, the fact that like, a comment, a phrase, something could like stick with someone for that long. Um, yeah. Encourages us to be like really careful with the way we talk to people about like 
their bodies or don't say things about people's bodies because it might come off in a not great way. Yeah, agree. Mm. I think that, you know, the intention doesn't necessarily always matter when you're talking to a young child. They can't, yeah. they can't tell, mm-hmm. um, you know, that eight-year-old doesn't know that you're just kidding or that mm-hmm. you love them so much anyways. Yeah. They are just hearing like, there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sort of feeling of inadequacy that can then emerge as a result can be really persistent. Mm. And I'm sure now too, with like social media being more rampant, the internet obviously being more rampant, like when kids start to see like, Ooh, there's something that must be wrong with me. And then they go to these platforms to see like what might be the solution. And then they're introduced to these different, you know, disordered eating patterns or self-harm or, or other things to try and like fix it or cope with this, like these emotions they're feeling, um, yeah, I'm curious kind of how you've seen that play into it, like social media and just the internet in general. I mean, we have a growing body of research now on how social media impacts body image and mm-hmm. it does seem to, and it's overall negative. It's not mm-hmm. as big of an effect as you mm-hmm. might think, given some yeah. of the headlines that we see, mm-hmm. um, because social media is just one piece of our larger, really appearance-focused yeah. culture, right? So. Yeah. Um, it's a persistent, omnipresent piece mm-hmm. for adolescents in particular. Um, but it's it's not that using social media is just going to destroy everyone's body image. For sure. um, what I've seen in some of my own research in particular is that it really does depend what young people are doing on social media. Mm-hmm. So if young people are posting pictures of their pets and... Um, communicating with friends and making plans with friends. This is not really problematic, it seems, mm-hmm. right? I mean, social media is a communication tool. It's a way For to sure. connect with people. Mm-hmm. And so we see when young people are are connecting with people, that's not necessarily a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, what seems to be detrimental to body image, at least in some of my own research, is when um, young people are following beauty tutorials and, mm-hmm. you know, following sort of inspirational influencers and mm-hmm. um, really engaging in sort of beauty culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and in part, because this is in my work, it, it's pretty young, you know, if a 12 year old yeah. is doing that um, and spending time every day doing that, that's, that's kind of young to be sucked into those, yeah. <laughs> those spaces already. Mm-hmm. Um but also I think those spaces make all of us feel fairly inadequate. Oh yeah. And I mean, I often have to remind myself like, well, of course these people, you know, look X way because that's Mm -hmm. what they do for a living. Yeah. It's how they look and Mm -hmm. you know, how people look maybe get them to that job in part, Mm -hmm. but then also they have a whole team of people trying to make them look better and that's Mm -hmm. their job. Right. Mm -hmm. And most of us, we don't spend hours every day essentially trying to enhance our appearance, you know, we're getting ready. And then we have a lot of other things to do. Yes. And I think, you know, that's the life I'd rather have. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the life I'd rather have for my own kids, you know, like not that you don't attend to your appearance, but like, yes, Mm -hmm. most of your time and energy on other things. Yes. Um, But when you're on social media, it's, it's, I think hard to keep that perspective, especially Mm -hmm. if you're young. Yeah. 
Yeah. I even, I mean, I noticed that myself. I've noticed it in so many different stages of life, but um, being, you know, in that like immediate postpartum season, like the first like six to 12 weeks or so, obviously I had, I wouldn't necessarily say downtime because I had a newborn, but a lot of time just like laying around the house. And so like scrolling through Instagram, seeing all these moms at a similar like stage that I was, but seeing them with like their hair done, makeup on all these things of like, I reached a point of like, I need to like unfollow these type of people or maybe just spend less time on social media because I'm comparing myself to these other people. And yeah, like you said, it's like some of these people, this is their like full-time job. So like, of course they're going to look put together. Um, But I know for me, and that's something I've talked to a lot of clients about like setting boundaries around how much time you spend on social media because you described it so well. It's like, okay, if you're using it to like share pictures of your dog, talk with your friends, share fun pictures from like a trip you went on. Like, that's great. But I think it's also something that can be used in such a negative way that can kind of spiral you into not feeling great in your body um, or trying to figure out like, how can I, you know, fix my body or look better? Um, And thankfully, I feel like a lot of these social media platforms and internet in general have some um, like markers now around or like, I don't know what the word would be, but like, limitations based on things you search. Whereas I think, you know, however many years ago you could search like pro Anna and all this like anorexia stuff would pop up versus now it's like, Ooh, that's like not, we're not going to let you go there. Um, so I think, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's like improving as like social media becomes more popular. And obviously there's a lot of like negative things that come with it too. And there is some research to suggest that even, you know, kids who are in some ways more savvy on social media than us adults because they yeah. are with it. Yes. Um, they can find what they want to find. Oh, so yeah, I'm sure. There are, you know, there are ways to restrict um, mm-hmm. content that's accessible, but mm-hmm. it, it's actually pretty impressive how, yeah. how oh, I'm, you know, I uh, imagine. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, a pretty determined 14-year-old can, can yes. find what he or she wants to usually. Mm-hmm. And if it's not on one platform, it'll be on another, or it'll be online. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we really, I think, have to know as parents that the mm-hmm. content is there. Um, it can yeah. be negative. And mm-hmm. so we have to talk to our kids and try to create some degree of media literacy so that mm-hmm. they're not internalizing these standards they see around them, that they're not, yeah. um, that they're not globbing onto um, you know, influencers or mm-hmm. um, images that are going to be detrimental to their well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point because yeah, they're going to find a way to find whatever it may be. And I wonder, because I know I've heard, I don't know a ton about it, but I've heard there's like some research around the whole idea with like trigger warnings of like, are these actually helpful to have trigger warnings? Or is this like encouraging people to like read these things because there's this trigger warning? So I wonder too, with some of that stuff with like it, like blocking or being like, do you need help? It then kind of instills to the kid of like, Ooh, like, let me look into this more. Like, why are they like telling you not to look at this? It's interesting because, mm-hmm. you know, body image scientists have done a lot of work now trying to figure out how can we mitigate the effects of some of mm-hmm. this imagery in particular mm-hmm. on people's body image. Mm-hmm. And most of what's been tried is not effective, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So things like labeling um, advertisements or, yeah. um, 
you know, it's like once people see the picture of what looks like the quote unquote perfect body, even mm-hmm. if it's labeled to indicate, you know, this has been edited, that doesn't yeah. seem to help. That doesn't actually mm-hmm. mitigate the body image harm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in this body of research, people are trying to figure out like, how do we make, you know, the imagery in particular, but just, you know, the media essentially mm. less detrimental. Yeah. And, you know, I haven't seen a lot of work to suggest that we know how to change the media. What we know how mm-hmm. to change is how people respond to it. Yeah. And that's not easy, but it is doable. And mm. I think that starting early and <clears throat> with kids can be really valuable. We want yeah. to teach them that this is not reality, essentially. Mm. Yes. And with that too, it kind of sounds like controlling what you can control. Whereas like, yeah, we can't control what news articles get put out, what pictures get posted in the media. Honestly, it's like, does the media even care? Like they're making money regardless. Like, so yeah, controlling those conversations in your household, asking your kids questions to, yeah, assess like where they are with their body, with, with their relationship with food and being aware of like changes that you may notice because I mean, parents listening, you, you know, your kid probably better than, than most people. Um, so being aware of those sort of things. And like you said, with like the media literacy, I think those are all huge. Well, thank you so much for, taking time for this conversation. This is, yeah, like I said, now having a son myself, but even just in the work I do with clients, this is an area that interests me so much because yeah, like I said, most people I see body image struggles aren't a like new thing for them. It's like, yeah, I've been struggling with this since I was in middle school or like as early as I remember. Um, and so yeah, I'm glad that there's people out there like you doing a lot of research to see like, what are things that we could do different? What are things that could help? Um, so yeah, so for people listening who um, maybe want to read some of your work, learn more about kind of what you do, where's the best way for people to find you? Yeah, I mean, I would just go to the um, most recent book web pages, which is mm-hmm. the body image book for girls.com and yeah. the body image book for boys.com. And um, there are resources there. There's information mm-hmm. about the books. Um, the books are intended for kids in like the sort of nine or 10 to like mm-hmm. 14, 15 year old range. Yeah. Um, but I have parents all the time tell me mm-hmm. that they read the books with their kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that was really helpful to them because, mm-hmm. as I said, a lot of us adults have our own body image work to do, totally. Uh, and we don't necessarily have the the mental space of, as a mm-hmm. parent, or in many cases, a working parent, to mm-hmm. you know really work through um, a more advanced book. Sometimes mm-hmm. a kid's book is really useful. Yes. <laughs> It's like, this is really helpful. This is the level I'm at. Sometimes yes. parents say, they're like, this is exactly where I needed it to be. Yes. Um, so, um, you know, there's not as much nuance in the kids' books mm-hmm. as there will be in the next one. But yeah, but still, I think there's there's something of value for, for, for older, older kids or adults too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you again for coming on the show. I know this is going to be a really impactful episode. Yeah. Thanks for the work you're doing too. And thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining today's episode on the free method podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review that helps others discover this message of freedom. 
Share this with your friends and make sure you tag us on Instagram at Free Method Nutrition. And if you're ready to start your own journey to freedom, I'd love to offer you a free call to chat with me about your health goals. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash free call to schedule yours. We will see you in the next episode.